D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, the Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it's good to be a guy. Darren, I am so excited for today's podcast. Uh, typically, we record in the middle of the week. We could not wait any longer. We want to record on a Monday night, kick things off the right way. So excited for tonight's guest. Sebastian Soto. Darren, there's a lot of different directions we can go here, but I'm excited for this one tonight. Well, super excited to talk to Sebastian Soto here just a couple of days before the U.S. tries to qualify for the Olympics in men's football for the first time since 2008. Jordan, obviously, I think people know Sebastian Soto's story. He grew up here locally. He grew up in Carlsbad, which, by the way, is where Jordan grew up as well. So I feel like I'm a little bit of an outsider here on this show. Sebastian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us and being on in your hometown. Uh, yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Well, Sorry. I'm going to excuse myself. I'm going to let you and Jordan chat because I am the outsider here. So you guys can catch up on all things Carlsbad, Sebastian. I don't know when the last time was that you were here in your hometown, but Jordan, tell them what's the latest in Carlsbad, California. Uh, I mean, the place is looking great, as you would expect, Sebastian. Carlsbad looks amazing. I guess the real way to start is Lola's, Sessi's, or Alejandro's. What was your preference? Sessi's, man. Sessi's. <laughs> That's the number one for me as well. I'm so happy he, he answered it that way. Everyone tells me Lola's is number one in Carlsbad for Mexican food. Sessi's is my go-to when I'm in the area. So I'm really glad you said that. I actually have a, guys, I have a family member who named their dog Lola after Lola's dog. Mexican food in Carlsbad. That's how serious yeah, uh, Mexican food is taken. But well done. What's the go-to order for you at Ceci's? I'm, I'm a firm believer of the California burrito or a carne salad burrito. That, that hits different. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so Darren and I were kind of, we were trying to figure this out. California burrito, you've been everywhere in the world. Starting in Carlsbad, that's where you start with the California burrito. We have to know, outside of Carlsbad, where can you find the best California burrito? Is it England? Is it in Germany? Is it in Holland? Where do you find the best California burrito outside of Carlsbad? I can promise you it's in neither of any of those places you guys just mentioned. I can promise you that. I, I, I've, I've, yeah, I've gambled and I've tried a couple Mexican spots in, in the UK and in Germany. It's just it is a letdown, so I do not advise to do that. You can't go any, you can't get any better than Southern California, honestly. Unless you go south <laughs> well, I believe you. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Sebastian, take us back. I, I know that this is old news for you here as you're preparing to help the U.S. qualify for the Olympics this summer. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, take us back to 2015 when you decide to leave this beautiful place, when you decide to leave <laughs> California to go and pursue your dreams of being a professional football. Take us back to that time and what that decision was like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess it definitely it was a sacrifice as a 15-year-old kid at that point, leaving sunny Carlsbad. I mean, looking back on it, I don't know what, what I was thinking. <laughs> but, but no, so it was, it was all part of a plan that I had inside of my head. I ended up moving to the middle of the desert in Arizona just to pursue this dream I had since a little boy. And Hey, it's worked out, I guess, pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, who was, who was with you on that? I mean, that, that's not something that I think I could have managed for me at 15. Heck, maybe even you know, five years ago. I, I mean, how does that work? How do you talk to your family? Like, how does that conversation work for you all? 
Yeah, so it happened as I was playing on the local San Diego surf team, if you guys are aware about surf. Yep. Um, I was playing with them when I was 15, and then we played against Real Salt Lake, that academy team, and I basically got scouted by that coach, said that he wanted me to join his team down at the academy in Arizona. And I, I didn't even think twice. I mean, I just told my parents, and I said, I'm going. I, I want to go. And they thought, okay, you want to maybe sit on it a little more? Do you want to go visit the place? <laughs> I went and visited it, and for some reason I thought it was just football heaven, even though looking back on it, I was like, man, that is a big decision to do. And I, to be fair, I never really looked back. Where did the dream come from? Like, Because, I mean, you can run into a lot of talented 15-year-olds. Pick the sport. It could be soccer. It could be basketball. It could be football. You could find a lot of talented 15-year-olds. For you, the motivation, the drive to actually get it to the level that you've taken it to, where do you think that came from? Uh, 100% my family. And I think I even took that into my personal life with friends and stuff. Kind of my whole life ended up being surrounded by football. And, uh, but, yeah, it started off as a family. I mean, if you looked in, into my house when I was just even a little kid, you would find a ton, a ton of football just laying around the house. I think that's just because what we did as a family, my cousins, even my sisters played when they were younger as well. My, my dad played. My mom was also an athlete. She's just an athletic woman. But uh, grandparents, it was just technically as cliche as it is, it is in our blood. But I guess I took it a, a step further. <laughs> in the athletic world, it's interesting for you to, to take the path that you did. It, it, it takes a lot of courage. It, you don't have like a lot of other players. The more I think about it, you don't have a lot of players that have taken the path that you're taking. Like, it's becoming more and more familiar as we learn more about Christian Pulisic and guys like Weston McKenney. And who did you look up to? Like, I, I, I know family helps drive you, but athletically speaking, professionally speaking, um, who are some of the guys you look up to? Like, who are guys you want to follow their career path? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so before I made the move to Europe, I actually only really thought about Christian and Weston, especially because they were both in Germany at the time. So it was... That's kind of all I really had looked up to, but um, I kind of just started thinking about why I started this journey and what I ultimately wanted to accomplish as a little kid, waking up super early with one of my best friends, also a local, Sam Cohen, he's, he's a local kid, mm-hmm. went to Carlsbad as well. But uh, we would wake up 5 a.m. and watch English Premier League when we were 13 or something, and that's just what one I love to do and he loved to do as well. So it kind of just took me back a little bit like, well, what did I start? What did I start this for? What was my ultimate dream? And my ultimate dream was to play in Europe. And yeah, at that point, a couple of years ago, it wasn't so crazy how fast it's moving. I mean, you got so many names now of us over in Europe. But at that point, I could really only think about Christian and Weston. And uh, yeah, it pushed me just to kind of be like, I went to go live in the middle of the desert in Arizona. I think I can do this. <laughs> I would say so. Did you seek out anybody's advice, Sebastian, before you went? I mean, it's obviously a dream of yours, as you're describing to us. But was there any opportunity for U.S. soccer or any connections there from from anybody else uh, pre- pri- pri- uh, previously who had made a similar yeah. move that you looked to and said, hey, ha- tell me what tell me what this is all about? Yeah, so um, I was actually quite fortunate. My agents, as I was making that move, uh, I chose an, an agency and some a few agents that are, are very close to me right now as well and uh as a family we made a decision to go with them and luckily they're actually we also represent uh, christian pulisic and so we have the same agent hmm. and it was it was pretty fortunate that uh my my agent rob moore 
represents Christian. And uh, I mean, you could ask that. Hey, how does this work? Christian's an American kid as well. How did it work when you guys brought him over there? And it kind of made the whole transition, especially for for my mind, easier and more confident with how it worked because the, just the way it's gone down is, has proved success, and I was ready for it. Well, hey, at 15, you move to Germany. You get a chance then. You switch over. You go with Norwich, loaned out. You play in Holland. How many languages are you rocking these days? You grow up here. You're automatically bilingual. How are your language skills? Tell us a little bit about how that's worked out for you. Yeah, man. So I got, I got three down right now, hopefully getting more. But uh, <laughs> I, German was – it's such a funny story, actually. So, so yeah, I, I was bilingual as a, as a kid, just uh, English and Spanish, obviously, because of my family. But um, but German, German, I remember with my agents, it was such a, such a quick turnaround from playing in the States and then going to Germany. It was like I found out the week of that I was going to get on a plane and go to Germany and go check out Hanover. And uh, – I just got on just the same kind of, I don't know how to explain it, the same kind of like mentality of, okay, let's do it. And I got on the plane, I landed, and I remember getting there and being like, oh my God, I don't know a single word of German. And I literally started at zero, and it took me about, honestly, it just took me about a year, picked it up, and then after two years, yeah, I can speak German now, which is pretty dope, I guess. That's, that's really, really impressive. What was one of the first words you had to learn in German? On like just how are you? And my name, obviously your name, hello, ich bin Sebastian, like uh, that's I'm Sebastian, that kind of stuff. But what's so funny is I literally didn't know if they said hi or how they <laughs> said hello. And I had to learn that in the airport. I used Google Translate when it, right when I landed and I was like, oh my God. Uh, but my one memory is when I got to the place or something, my, my room, my hotel room, something like that didn't have toilet paper and that's the one thing that sticks in my mind is I had to go down and ask for toilet paper. And, oh, I butchered the word. It was, it was horrible. And I ended up saying, do you guys just have toilet paper? And they're like, they spoke English. And I was like, oh, God, all right. <laughs> I'd love to know what you were asking for. My goodness. I mean, who knows what they were going to send up there in that situation? Imagine, yeah. It sounds like you've had some great resources, people to talk to, your agent specifically, to kind of figure out what the experiences are like and what, what you can kind of expect going forward. Is it what you've expected so far? Has it gone the way you've expected? Are you, are you enjoying the ride? Do you like how it's played out so far? Oh, 100%. I'm, uh, 100% I'm enjoying the ride. And to be fair, even looking back at my time in Germany, it just I guess the way life goes, it just shot really, really fast. I remember walking through the Hanover Stadium and knowing I was going to start playing with the U19s, being like, you know what, I'll give myself maybe two years before I make it to the first team. And before I knew it, it was four months, and I was going to preseason with the first team. And then a couple months after that, I was making my debut in the Bundesliga. And I was like, damn, this is just this is just how it goes got to go with the flow and a hundred percent i'm enjoying the journey and it's just a dream come true honestly well sebastian we obviously want to talk about olympic qualifying before we do uh, you you clearly now through the first couple of minutes of this conversation uh you have been on a meteoric pace here in your professional career you sound very determined confident which is great um, but where do you, you know, where do you see it all going here? I mean, things seem to be moving very quickly for you. You're 20 years of age now. You're with Norwich City, I think, back from loan uh, from from your Dutch club. But uh, yeah, I mean, I how do you keep how do you keep moving it forward here with with all the goals that you seem to put right in front of you? Um, I think honestly, I don't. Obviously, I, I dream big, but I think it's kind of 
the, the goals I put in front of me aren't, I don't, I don't like thinking about years down the road. I, it's kind of just the next day. I mean, that's also really cliche to say, but just not getting too ahead of myself. I, I didn't dream of making my debut seven months or whatever it was after I got to Germany. And that's just how, that just shows that like, no, just focus on what you can do right now. Right now, yeah, I'm focused on qualifying 100%, focused on the game that we got in three days more than anything. And to not get too ahead of myself, then it's like, yeah, then once this is done and once we lift that trophy, which we we are going to lift that trophy, it's going to be just focused back on Norwich. So, yeah, I think it's just staying staying true to what's going on right now. Well, I will tell you, Jordan and I forever, speaking about San Diego kids, you know, Paul Ariola is a good friend of ours. Oh, now yeah. with Swansea, uh, they look like they're in a pretty good position. Not as good as Norwich, by the way. Norwich is 10 <laughs> points clear. That's so right, 10, point, right. 10 points clear, and, and things seem to be going well there. I know that you were out on loan and just got caught, called back just, uh, just not too long ago. But what's the vibe like now, being involved with a club in the championship here that, that appears to be in a prime position for promotion? Yeah, it's it's an, it's an unbelievable feeling. Obviously, when I was at loan, it was, I didn't have the chance to join them in the summer because of the work permit. So I was watching every single game, wanting to just so eager to come back and be a part of it, even if it had to do with just training. And then once I got the opportunity to come back, it was just put my head down and grind and just try to prove to the coach as soon as possible what I'm capable of. But such an amazing environment. The guys right now are taking care of business over there. My teammates are just, they're, they're incredible there. I mean, yeah, a 10-point lead right now. And we all know what eventually what the goal is going to be, but it's the same kind of, we all have the mentality of let's just keep training our butts off and just get three points every single game. And yeah. You take it day by day, and I totally understand the mindset, but it's so easy to dream big with your situation, isn't it? Because the club that you're playing for now, you're fighting for promotion. You could be playing in the Premier League next year, which has to be a dream of yours. I'm sure it's a dream of yours. I've heard you chat about it, uh, wanting to play in the Premier League, wanting to play Champions League football at one point in your career. You're someone who dreams big. Um, what, what are the ultimate goals uh, for club internationally? What are your, like, what's the ultimate dream for your career? hundred percent right. I, I dreamed ever since a little kid to play regularly in the Premier League and for, for Norwich and, and us to be doing as good as we're doing right now, a dream could become a reality. And then it's just, it's, it's, it's given to me. It's on my shoulders. I just got to take it. And then, uh, yeah, with the national team, it was always been a, a dream of mine since I was a little kid too, just watching kids my age, you 15s or whatever, and being like, damn, those are the best 15 year olds in the whole country. And now being able to look back at that, being like, now we're here 20 and I started making that jump when I was 17 to the national team. And it's like, yeah, to actually dream about you made it now with the dreams of a national team, it's to bring obviously a world cup back to this country. But at the moment it's, qualify for a world cup even go to olympics with the national team and represent the u.s there and a hundred percent playing a champions league and win a champions league would just be unbelievable as well as just winning a premier like all that stuff that you i would watch on the tv as a kid is i guess inching closer to it and just i guess makes me more hungry to be honest with you uh, yeah, it, it's so exciting to hear you talk about it. And you're such an easy guy to root for. And it's not just because you're from Carlsbad. Uh, you're just <laughs> an easy person to root for. As you guys get ready uh, to take on Costa Rica, we do have Olympic qualifying here. It's here. You're in Mexico. You're getting ready for this. It's a big one. We get it Thursday. Uh, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1. U.S., you're in the same group as 
Mexico, Costa Rica, the Dominican Republic. Uh, you got to win the group to put yourself in a spot to qualify for the Olympics. What's the feel of the team going in? How much confidence is there? What's your analysis of the squad as we have some pretty important matches right here in front of us? I think we're all dialed in. Uh, we've been here for about, I don't know, if it's been 16, 17 days. It's been, it's been, quite, a, it's been quite a time, but it, everyone's, everyone here is professional, and it's the type of environment you want to be in. So ultimately, it's kind of, kind of just full throttle into this first game. Take it obviously game by game because it's tournament style. That's how you have to do it. So wait a second, you guys have been in Guadalajara for for over two weeks. Yeah, man, it's it's been a grind. We got <laughs> I flew from London. I flew from London end of February. Got here. Yeah. End oh of my gosh. I, yeah, I did not realize that. For some reason, I thought it was like like World Cup qualifying, where you flow in a day before, maybe get used to altitude <laughs> and move on. So, oh my goodness, you're no, right man. smack dab in the middle of it. Well, you know, yeah. you've been around. Yeah, you've been around U.S. soccer, Sebastian, for quite a while. I mean, the 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 talent pool appears to us, you know, from the outside to be as deep, certainly as it's been in my lifetime. And I'm the oldest person in this conversation. What about on the inside? What, what's it like now? You know, you talk about Weston, you talk about Christian. We mentioned Paul, uh, yourself here with the Olympic qualifying. What, what, tell us a little bit about what it's like, just the level of competition in us soccer these days. I, I think it's honestly the coolest thing that we've had as a country in this sport and so long man like we got so many young guys coming up some of my friends playing champions like Serginho playing for Barcelona is just still unreal to even think about and it's just it's just to be fair the word is just hype I mean everyone's really feeling it and even to be a player and to be in the inner circle I guess and people looking at you from the outside it's kind of like I still get the feeling that you guys get like it's pretty dope i mean it's just it's a good feeling to have and i would think too that that you somebody who's never shot away from a challenge this probably i'm guessing brings out the best in sebastian soto a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent you guys get three really really quickly against costa rica the dominican republic and mexico best of luck to you guys best of luck to the squad we appreciate the time and i'm sure you've had some pretty good mexican food the last couple of weeks at this point yeah, better in Guadalajara hey, yeah. or San Diego? Oh, man, that's good down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick before you go, what would qualifying for the Olympics mean to you and just breaking the spell for the first time since 2008? Uh, it's, it's huge, and I think it gets more important day by day. Uh, I don't want to say that I, I forget, but sometimes you get distracted by just working so hard that you have to take a step back and be like, we're working – towards the Olympics, we're working towards what people in America tune in to watch every four years, and we have, we have the chance to, to qualify the nation. And I think, looking back at it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to think that that's why we're here and what we're doing. So I, it's, it's a huge honor. Honestly, it's a huge honor. Well, we are rooting for you, Sebastian. I, I, are there still questions about you and your future with regards to, to your national team choice, or, or are you all in in this situation, or is that still somewhere down the road? No, right, right now I'm so I'm so focused wearing this crest in this tournament and this first game against Costa Rica. We're dialed in, and I am dialed in. Well, we are dialed in as well, Sebastian. Last thing, seriously, last thing. Shout out whoever you want to shout out here in San Diego. I don't know if you got family, friends. This will be on the radio. Who do you want to shout out here in your hometown? Um. Oh God. 
Um, obviously, my, my mom, my dad, my two sisters, Sophia and Natalia. Um, if, if these guys listen, if these guys hear it, it's going to be my, my best friends from home. It's called Stuss Gang. If, if they end up hearing it, I'm sure I'll make them laugh. But just that, that should be all, man. Good luck, Sebastian. It is great catching up with you. Thank you for doing this from Guadalajara. We will be rooting and pulling hard for you coming up starting on Thursday. Great, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Sebastian Soto joining the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. His debut on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Really, really glad we were able to track him down. That was a lot of fun. That was. It's great. And, and you know, I know this tournament sort of this week, Champions League, you've got top four, what's happening in England. I've got what's happening with Atletico Madrid and Barca winning at Huesca. We've got SD Loyal, which played its first preseason match. I know this one sometimes slips between the cracks, but it's Olympic qualifying. It's a really, really big deal. A lot of U.S. players, they need a place to play upcoming next summer. And I don't know how Sebastian exactly fits himself in here between Gold Cup, Olympic qualifying, and World Cup qualifying. But, you know, here's a player in Sebastian Soto who was the second leading goal scorer in 2019 at the Under-20 World Cup who debuted for the national team back in, I want to say November against, oh gosh, I'm going to draw a blank on this. Was it El Salvador? I think it was. He scores in bunches. He seems to go for two goals here, two goals there, two goals a couple of different times in the under 20 world cup, second leading scorer in that tournament. So, you know, there's uh, you know, he, he is, he is all about see the ball, get the ball, put the ball on the net put the team on the board and I'm stoked to watch him play coming up Thursday opening round match against Costa Rica here on the 18th. And then, as you mentioned, Dominican Republic on the 21st, Mexico on the 24th. So it's eight teams in Guadalajara, top two, two groups of four top two from each advance to the semis winner of a runner up B winner B runner up a, and then you know, you meet top two teams, the two finalists, go to the Olympics. The women have already qualified. The Canadians have qualified from CONCACAF. The men's tournament got postponed where we were a year ago. So these are the final two teams to qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo this year. And it'll be decided sometime between now, Jordan and March 30th. Uh, yeah. So six, two friendly win against Panama. That was the two goal debut. Uh, he was the first one to score two goals in a debut. I think since Christian Pulisic, hmm. um, not heard of him. That name keeps getting brought up. Interesting. I did want to, I wish I brought this up. Um, it's something I had brought up to you before the interview. Uh, the fact that he turned down the, he rejected the call up from Chile uh, a couple months ago. He had the opportunity to get called up for Chile's 2022 FIFA World Cup qualification matches against Uruguay and Colombia, uh, but he rejected that call up. I wanted to ask why. Why did you reject that call up? But we didn't get there. I wish no, we well, and, and he's not yet officially cap tied no. to the U S men's national team, which is why the question at the end. So he's been involved. He could play for Chile, but he he's not yet. And it's an interesting time because he brought up Serginho desk, which I loved that Serginho and him must know one another, I guess, from, from being together in Holland. Now that I think about it, if we had more time or if we weren't talking about burritos and Carlsbad. And then <laughs> the other part of it is, that we saw Yunus Musa make his announcement official that he's not going to go play for the three lions. He's going to play for the U S men's national team. 
So a little bit of a trend here all of a sudden where we've had dual national players make it official that they're going to play with the U.S. men's national team. Now, again, it's, it's just the circumstance here until you're in a World Cup qualifying match then, or an official uh, you know, CONCACAF match. But he, we're not there yet. But I, I, think, I think taking a team to the Olympics would be a hell of a way to you know, certainly earn your stripes, so to speak, with the U.S., yeah, I was writing down a few of his quotes during the interview just to kind of get his sense of where he stands with U.S. soccer and if this will be where he commits. He said it's the type of environment you want to be in. He was using the word we a lot, which I thought was quite notable. He called the situation pretty much the coolest thing uh, that you can have for U.S. soccer. So it, it sounds like there's a lot of good to be a part of. And to me, it came across as he wants to be a part of it. Um, I hope I hope I'm right. I hope I'm reading that correctly because I want him with U.S. soccer, Darren. So I do, too, um, because he's a, he's Sebastian he's a Soto. tall, yeah, tall, athletic, perfect number nine. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that that you know, really, really could work well, especially with a pretty exciting midfield there. Great distribution, et cetera. And if I might, uh, let me also just say thank you very much to U.S. soccer for helping us out with that, because uh, we were able to coordinate here pretty much over the last couple of days to see if we can work this out. And the things that we asked of us soccer to connect us are hilarious. And Jordan could probably explain that better than I, but we had to connect using a phone line, dialing into a zoom call. So like there was all sorts of stuff happening there and they easily could have said, Hey guys, thanks. But this, this isn't, uh, this isn't for us. They, they totally made it work. Thank you very much to, uh, to Chris Kennedy with us soccer who really did a lot of the heavy lifting, who figured out that you had to dial internationally a phone number and then an access code and then hit the pound key a bunch of times. It, thank you. Appreciate that, Chris. Darren, quickly, before we say goodbye, I do want to bring up that I went to SD Loyal practice last week, checked out the team for the first time, just kind of wanted to get a feel for them. Uh, I just want to provide a few takeaways from going down there. One, the Chula Vista Olympic Center is amazing. That place is packed right now. Um, there are MLS teams all over. There are professional, I think like Ecuador's field hockey, national field hockey team is playing down there right now. LA Galaxy were practicing right next to San Diego Loyal. I saw a bunch of Columbus crew players walking around. So they must have been practicing somewhere. My big takeaway there, like my main takeaway after just watching one practice, um, and you can only learn so much. And there's only so much you can learn. We've, we've been in for a week. Um, so we're still learning to breathe a little bit here. Uh, the team's really big, I think. I think the team's really big, which is going to be great for set pieces, obviously. But they just look really tall. And the big, big takeaway, other than the fact that they seem really tall, um, is it's just a better squad than it was year one at this time already. Like the talent on the team, the setup, uh, as excited as you were at this point a year ago, going into a season before everything shut down, clearly. Um, as excited as you were for that team, I think there is even more, more excitement for this team coming up because there's just way more talent on it. So it kind of solidified what I was expecting to see. And that's kind of what I took away from practice last week. Well, uh, the hot seat got a little bit warmer, uh, following the preseason loss against Cal United. So Cal United strikers just walked into the territory here, walked away two on winners. So, uh, not off to a, not off to a great start. No, I'm kidding. But uh, we'll see what happens. LA Galaxy upcoming this weekend, Jordan. I, I think maybe we reconvene towards the tail end of the week and recap Champions League and get a sense for what we're all about here heading into the Galaxy match coming up on the 20th. But, yeah, I, 
I'm looking forward to it. I haven't yet been down there, but I, I'm very anxious to see what this looks like, what their shape looks like. Is it what we watched last year? So now watching our boy Alejandro Guido, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to get down there. I have yet to see it since all these preseason matches are paid, played behind closed doors. Our thanks to Sebastian Soto for joining us for the first time on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I thought that was a great, great debut out of him. Expecting big things with U.S. soccer, with Norwich. He's going to be a Premier League player next year, it seems like. It seems like he's just destined to be playing in the Premier League for Norwich. And those beautiful Canary jerseys, woo, those are sexy. Oof, those um, are sexy. Those will get you up bright and early in the morning. Even seeing that color in high definition, what could yeah. be better than that? I thought I saw the men in blazers compare Harry Styles. Is it Harry Styles? Is that the guy who does the watermelon sugar high? Yeah, Harry Styles, right? You don't know. So they compared his jacket to a, a Norwich City kit which I thought was very funny on the eve of us talking to Sebastian Soto. Yeah. I always, I always like when Norwich is in the prem only for the colors. Really. That's the only reason I say, it. I just like the colors, not just the, it's the stadium. It's, it's bright, bright green, bright yellow. I love it. I'm Sebastian Soto in the premier league. Our thanks to three punk ales and to sport clips for sponsoring the unnamed soccer podcast. Darren, we will chat soon, my friend. All right. Maybe we'll see a tacos El Gordo future sponsor of the unnamed soccer podcast.